Remember, all episodes, Memphis in May. Go to stspod.club. Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the Right Notes, available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the Right Notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. You want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Do you enjoy all the shows here on stspod.club? Well, cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Do you not have the app? Download it and get $5 by using the code dollar sign btsts that's dollar sign btsts Store Nation, how the hell are you? We are back. This is May, uh, and before we go on, before I explain the concept and that we are taking part in all episodes, Memphis, dramatic pause, in May, uh, before I explain that, I do, of course, have to thank uh, our band, our house band that provides our opening music there, that is Chicken Unlimited. Really like those guys. Got to see them many years ago down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, a really small club, but Chicken Unlimited, just a really great band. Uh, really enjoy the fact that they did our opening music this month. So, yeah, it is May, and we are back, and we are participating in the FTS Network family of shows uh, that are all Memphis-related. I think I can say that without a dramatic pause. All Memphis-related in the month of May because it's all episodes Memphis. In May, I think legally we have to have the dramatic pause in there. I'm not exactly sure of the legalities of it. I don't have a legal background, although I did go to law school for three days. Uh, I consider myself a legal expert, but I don't know about this case. So I'm not sure why we have to have the dramatic pause there, but maybe Brian can illuminate us with that information one of these days. So anyway, 
because we are talking about Memphis uh, wrestling and so on, Memphis topics on most of the other shows, uh, we are doing a Memphis band on the record store, on TRS this time. And so the name of the band is Tora Tora, not Tora Tora Tora, which was the movie and obviously World War II related. Uh, but Tora Tora is the name of the band. Had not heard of these guys. Uh, the name of the album that we're talking about this time is Bastards of Beale, uh, as in Beale Street, B-E-A-L-E, uh, famous street in Memphis. And uh, it is not exactly along the lines of the normal format of TRS, where, of course, the normal format is I reach onto the voluminous wall of CDs and just randomly grab one. And as long as it's not a greatest hits album, uh, it gets reviewed, just randomly gets reviewed, talked about whether it's an album I haven't heard in many, many years or an album that I just bought two weeks ago. So it is not following that format because, of course, it has to be a Memphis band and it has to play along. We've done this a couple of years now. We've done TRS where we've talked about, let's see, we did the song, the albums from the record store in Memphis that they sent me the albums last year uh, that were not rock albums, but they were still fun nonetheless. Um, so we've done this for a couple of years now, and this time it actually is a band from Memphis. And Brian sent me the CD. Actually, it wasn't like a used secondhand, thirdhand <laughs> CD from his collection. He actually got it sent to me for a, probably from Amazon. I'm not sure who, but it was wrapped and it was an actual brand new CD. So thank you, Brian, for sending me the CD. Um, this, these guys, Tora Tora. So here's some background information. I obviously had not heard of them. I'm guessing many of you have not heard of them, although they had a song on the Billboard charts. So, but anyway, uh, they are the first band from Memphis that got a video on MTV. Uh, the name of the song was Walkin' Shoes. Uh, they are classified, according to Wikipedia, they're classified as a glam metal band, and they formed in 1985. Uh, and as we find out as I listen to the album itself, I don't, let's see if we would actually categorize them as glam metal. When I think of glam metal, I think definitely like Motley Crue, probably, um, and New York Dolls, probably, something like that. But anyway, they said that in interviews, they said that the name of the band, the first name of the band before they went with um, Tora Tora was Free Beer. So I'm pretty sure they probably had to change that because that probably caused issues when they were <laughs> appearing in clubs. And it was probably just a smart alecky name to have. So if it was on a marquee and it said Free Beer, they were probably the club owners were probably pissed because it was causing all kinds of misinformation. So their first album... Um, was called Surprise Attack. And believe it or not, their first debut album actually hit number 47 on the Billboard charts, the album charts. So pretty cool. Uh, the fact that I'd never heard of these guys. And I'm sure, like I said, many of you guys probably hadn't heard of them either. So pretty cool that they actually got that, that much recognition. So they did a couple albums. They had recorded a third album that never, that had not seen the light of day when it was recorded. And at that point, the, the band split up. It uh, sounded like it was pretty amicable. They just went their separate ways. Uh, that was in the late 90s, and they reunited in 2008, uh, put out a couple more albums, a couple more compilation albums, actually. So that third album that had not seen the light of day actually did get picked apart and appeared on some of these compilation albums that the guys did. And this album, which is their fourth studio album called Bastards of Beale, this came out in 2019. So actually pretty current, um, 2019 as opposed, you know, just a couple years ago. They haven't released anything since then. 
Um, I don't know if they're still together, but it would be kind of cool if they were and went on tour because, as you'll see, there's some pretty good stuff here. Um, the album, it's kind of a funny story. The album, when I see, when I look at the, um, the credits on the album, it comes from Frontier Records. Um, and if you have read All the Right Notes, my book that is available on Amazon.com, um, you will know that Frontier Records, I had a funny legal story, a funny legal run-in with Frontier Records um, as it related to a Def Leppard album that I had. So if you've read All the Right Notes, you'll know that story. If you have not, what the hell are you waiting for? You've got to go out and get All the Right Notes. You can get it in Chicago. You can get it at Rolling Stone Records. It is on the shelves at Rolling Stone amongst all the other books that they sell and amongst all the vinyl, the increasing vinyl selection at Rolling Stone. Pretty cool to see vinyl growing again. Uh, and of course, the CDs at Rolling Stone. So you can get my book there or you can get it on Amazon. If you don't have the fortune of being in the Chicago area, you can get it on Amazon. All the right notes by Lance Levine. Check it out and you'll find the funny story about Frontier Records in there. So anyway, this album, Bastards of Beale, uh, the package comes with the lyrics. So very happy about that. Um, and an overriding theme as we're going through these songs develop. So you'll see what that that is. And it helps the fact that I, it has the lyrics. So it helps me with that. Uh, the thank yous from the band, you know, I always appreciate some of the weird thank yous from bands on liner notes. So the thank yous from the band include, quote, everyone who knows that straight up loud rock and roll is still alive and well. So I like that one. Uh, and also one of the one of the band members said he thanked his FedEx family. So I honestly, I'm thinking this guy probably works for FedEx. I'm thinking he's a driver or a a, a package handler or something uh, he loads trucks i don't know because these guys only did have four albums i don't know if they're still together or not they did break up for a couple of a number of years there um and they did you know like i said they made it onto billboard so more power to them but i'm thinking this guy probably works for fedex and he does the music on the side so anyway bastards of beetle has 11 songs on it runs it clocks in it just under a shade under 45 minutes uh, it is, again, it's their fourth studio album because the compilations uh, don't, I don't know, I don't know if they count or what, but according to Wikipedia, it was their fourth album. So the other albums were just kind of the the greatest hits, I guess, from the first album, couple albums, and then the, um, the third album carved up and just used as part of the other compilations that they put out. So anyway, so we start with a song called Sons of Zebedee. So it's spelled Z-E-B-E-D-E-E. -E -E. So... But when I look when when they say it in the song, it's Zebedee. So Sons of Zebedee. So right away, immediately, this opens with like a Motley Crue meets Black Crows kind of sound. And it's immediately appealing to me. Um, was a fan of Motley Crue, was somewhat of a fan of Black Crows, too. But man, this could not be that could not be a more accurate um like comparison for these guys it completely just sounds like black crows and molly crew uh black crews in the sense that or i'm sorry black black crews black crows there hey there you go they could be a super group black crews um black crows sound here is definitely the singer the singer sounds just like the dude from black crows robinson chris robinson i think is the name but anyway um but he totally sounds like them and the music the guitar totally sounds like Motley Crue. So I really like the sound immediately. Uh, Sons of Zebedee is like an extremely catchy rock and roll song. Uh, just has that like complete 50-50 blend of Black Crows and Motley Crue. Uh, looked it up. Zebedee is a biblical figure. He is the father of James and John, who were two disciples of Jesus. 
So, and as you will see, uh, very, very much strong religious imagery on this album from these guys on these songs. Uh, it's just this Sons of Zebedee is a really catchy song. Um, just a really good open to the album and just really powerful, just great rock and roll open to this album. So really liked it. One of the highlights of the album starts out really strong with Sons of Zebedee in the, in the opening spot. Second song is called Giants Fall. Uh, my first thought was the San Francisco Giants. And as a Dodger fan, I hate the Giants. That's our biggest enemies. Although the D-Bags, the D-Bags, D-Backs, I'm sorry, <laughs> if you're an Arizona fan, whatever. Uh, but anyway, no, the Giants are always our number one arch nemesis, although we hate the D-Bags too. So anyway, but Giants fall has nothing to do with baseball. Uh, nothing to do with the fact that I'm an ardent Dodgers fan, but this again, so much of a Black Crows sound to it, which is a good thing. I I'm okay with that. It sounds just like Black Crows, primarily the lead singer. Um, you can tell how much the influence is there on this guy. Uh, it's a really good thing that they sound like him because they were a fun band. So um, in this one, he's singing about throwing a stone and a giant falling. So again, it just seems like biblical imagery here. Um, he also mentions in the song Aretha and Dwayne, which is obviously he's got to be referencing musical giants like Aretha Franklin and Dwayne Allman, I'm guessing, uh, paying homage to musical legends here, too. So you can tell, um, in addition to the fact that these guys are very religious, um, they're also obviously students of rock and roll and big fans of rock and roll. So Giants Fall, another really good song. This one leaning much more towards the Black Crows side of things than the Motley Crue side of things. So, okay, third song is called Everbright. Um, believe it or not, this one actually has like a Latter-day Zeppelin sound to it. Um, the singer's style leans more towards Robert Plant here. Uh, the singer's name, by the way, is Anthony Quarter, and the guitarist is Keith Douglas. So Anthony Quarter, um, C-O-R-D-E-R, -E not quarter like a coin, uh, felt I have to clarify that so but his style here sounds definitely more like robert plant um and when i say latter day i mean like in through the outdoor era led zeppelin not like the really early stuff but it just had that zeppelin sound to it and man talk about i'm referencing some heavy hitters when i talk about these guys um and not only that not only does he sound like robert plant ish at least Robert Plant's style. He doesn't sound like Robert Plant, but just the Robert Plant style and mannerisms on this song. Um, the guitarist, Douglas, actually has like this Jimmy Page kind of sound to it as well, as far as like the guitar. Again, like that in through the outdoor kind of Latter-day Zeppelin sound. Um, this song, Everbright, is just a fun song about living life with no regrets, which is pretty much my mantra. So probably why this song, uh, I identified with this song as much as I did. So Everbright, another really good song. In the third slot, um, definitely, like I said, more of a Zeppelin feel than um, the previous Black Crows and Molly Crew kind of feel. So, all right, fourth song is called Silence of the Silence the Sirens. I was thinking Silence of the Lamps. Silence the Sirens. Um, this one has kind of a police like that Stuart Copeland kind of not reggae percussion, but just that Stuart Copeland kind of percussion from the early police. Um, that's the kind of start to the song, but then the song really kicks in and then it really leans heavily on the rhythm section. So definitely a lot more heavy on the bass and the drums on this one on silence, the sirens. Um, this one to me, more of a political 
sound political message as opposed to the religious messages that are on so many of the other songs. Um, on this one, he's calling for change, calling for making your voice heard. Um, this one doesn't, as much as I said the police for the open, that was just a brief part of the song that it sounded like Stuart Copeland there, but not as much of an influence on this one as some of the other songs. I will say um, kind of a mildly Judas Priest kind of sound in the production of it, I would say. Um, but a really good song, uh, very energetic, silence the sirens, very powerful message. Um, and again, I'm just, it's amazing how many, how many of these rock, you know, pioneers and, and icons I'm mentioning in talking about these guys. So you can obviously tell these guys are super talented musicians and the guy's voice is just really good. So I've already mentioned the Black Crows, Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, the police, and now Judas Priest. So, I mean, honestly, these guys, it doesn't get much better than those influences until I start mentioning the Stones or something. So anyway, fourth song, Silence the Sirens, another really good one. Fifth song is called Son of a Prodigal Son. Um, a very country acoustic kind of open to it, like just the twangy guitar open to it. Um, definitely more religious stuff here. Um, basically like every other song, if not every song is religious motivated here. Uh, on this one, Lord prayer, simple soul. You know, these are some of the things that he's talking about and singing about. Uh, he sings about trying to avoid temptation, but it's a total rock and roll song. Um, has a very like marching kind of beat to it. So really good. Um, and I, I'm not a religious guy. If you know me, you know, I'm not a very religious person. So I had to look up what prodigal son means. Uh, it is a man who leaves his family to do something that the family doesn't approve of. And he returns home. Sorry for his actions. So that is the definition of prodigal son. So he is the son of a prodigal son. Um, it's a really good song. Uh, again, this one kind of goes back to that black crows kind of sound to it. Uh, but really enjoyed it again, just just such a good song and a crisp sound from these guys. Um, just a really, really fan of Tora Tora on the first half of the album. So we are at the breaking point. We're going to pay some bills. We are going to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back with side two of Bastards of Beal by the band Tora Tora. We'll be right back for all episodes Memphis in May. Remember all episodes Memphis in May, go to stspod.club. Be there! This episode is also brought to you by SpunkLoop.com. Remember when you're getting funky like a monkey know what I mean? You Spunky! That's right. Go to www.spunkloop.com and tell them STS Pod sent you. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. 
All the Right Notes, available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the Right Notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told... I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Hey, use our Uber Eats code eats dash Brian T two four seven nine O U E. That's eat dash Brian T two four seven nine zero U E. Use that code and get $20 off a $25 order. Are you enjoying the episode? Well, Cash App us. That's right. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. You don't have Cash App? Download it and get $5. That's right. $5. That's dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Dollar sign BTSTS. Hey, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Athletic Brewing Company. This might sound strange to some people, but ABC makes non alcoholic brews. That's right. I like to taste the beer with my food, but not the alcohol. If you go to tiny.one slash stspod2022, that's tiny.one slash stspod2022, and try a six-pack, use that link. If you buy a six-pack, you get one for free. Athletic Brewing Company. All right, we are back record store nation um thank you to our sponsors i want to say thank you to brian for uh sending this album to me because it's a really interesting album and definitely a little bit out of my wheelhouse i would say but i I guess primarily not necessarily out of my wheelhouse in the terms of the style or the genre of the music but out of my wheelhouse in the fact that i didn't know who these guys were and i'd never heard of them and i was not you know a, a torah torah fan but man the first half of the album just really good so again we're talking about the band is torah torah from memphis because of course it's may jesus um and it's all episodes memphis dramatic pause in may uh and so we he does it every time. And he always explains to me like, Oh yeah, we have to do it. It's like a trademark thing or something. I'm like, uh, okay. So, all right. I don't want to get sued by anybody. So I don't need somebody coming down on me because I pronounced Memphis in May incorrectly. Uh, but anyway, so it's all Memphis, uh, related episodes of the wrestling shows and of the record store for this month. And so we're talking about the band Tora Tora, and the name of the album that Brian sent me is Bastards of Beale. So, and by the way, he got to see them in the early 90s. Uh, he got to see them live in Memphis uh, in the early 90s. So very cool. I would like to see them now. Screw it. Um, because I really enjoyed the first half of this album so far. And no spoilers on the second half of the album, but we'll get to that in a second here. But yeah, Brian got to see him. So this was before, you know, he used to... He used to actually put on pants and leave the house. So it was pretty cool. So he actually went to see a band. So probably the, what, second concert ever in his whole life? I don't know. Anyway, I just, he's been to a lot of concerts, I think. 
So anyway, all right. So we're talking about Bastards of Beale. Uh, we're halfway through the album, and the sixth song is called Lights Up the River. So a total acoustic open to this song. Uh, again, Jimmy Page kind of sound to it. Uh, what it reminded me of immediately was Over the Hills and Far Away by Zeppelin, uh, the Hey Lady open. Uh, that kind of acoustic guitar, just a very clean, again, very much a Jimmy Page kind of sound to it. So um, another religious song, you know, I, I, at this point, I'm pretty much prepared to call these guys Christian rock. Um, I think that the, uh, you know, we found Wikipedia has some some weird definitions of bands in the past. And we found that, you know, they don't necessarily categorize things the way we music fans see them. So I don't know that glam rock or glam metal, whatever it said, was necessarily wrong. Not necessarily wrong, but definitely more of a Christian rock sound. Um, definitely when you think Christian rock, you think Striper. And this, it's just simply the fact that it's not metal sounding like Striper, but it's the religious lyrics. It's the the religious content that they sing about so much. So, And not a bad thing. And I'm going to get to kind of my closing thoughts in a bit, but... Not a bad thing. So, um, like I said, lights up the river again, the religious connotations here. Uh, and l- yes, like the Led Zeppelin song that I referenced, it kicks in after the first chorus. So, um, the lyric, the, the lyric, by the way, the pictures, um, inside the, the liner notes, the, the singer looks a lot like Marty Jannetty. So if you're a wrestling fan, Anthony quarter looks a lot like a, a, a haggard Marty Jannetty kind of look to him. And the guitarist, uh, which was Keith Douglas, is the guitarist. Um, and by the way, the music is all written by those guys. In fact, it's like every song is like written by the, all four members of the band. Um, but anyway, so the guitarist, Keith Douglas, looks like David Duchovny. So I know Brian likes to call me the king of the lookalikes. So there you go. So the singer looks like Marty Jannetty from our, our beloved wrestling world. And the guitarist looks like David Duchovny from X-Files. So... Uh, really nice guitar bridge on Lights Up the River. Uh, really enjoyed that song. Another a great way to start upside too. Uh, again, religious, but it just a clean, crisp Led Zeppelinish kind of sound to it as well. So then we go to the seventh song. It's called Let Us Be One. Um, definitely more of a drum and bass rhythm section on like this song is more driven by them. Uh, by the way, on the liner notes where I said that the last song had the picture of the lead singer and the guitarist, kind of like um, kind of like the not exactly like the cheap trick way of doing the album covers. But on the lyrics for Light Up Lights Up the River, it had the guitarist and the singer. So the lyrics for Let Us Be One, the backdrop is the guitar or the uh, drummer and the bass player. So and by the way, they look like no one. I have no lookalikes for these two guys. They just look like rock dudes. You know, they don't particularly look like anybody. So on Let Us Be One, uh, just kind of a, a dirty guitar open, just uh, just a great beat to it. Uh, starts out really strong. Again, very religious. Uh, some of the terms that they use are Rise Up, Judgment Day, Psalms, uh, just again, just very religious, heavy religious connotations here, but just a really good driving beat to it. Uh, Rise up and be free. Uh, You know, that's like the lyrics are like, rise up and be free. I'm waiting for a hallelujah altogether here because there's just so much um, religious connotations here, but just a great rock and roll song. I don't care what the topic is, just a great driving. And I'm not anti-religion or anything. I'm just not a religious person. Um, I, 
whatever you believe in, go for it. That's that's your prerogative, and I'm all for it. But I'm just personally, I'm not a very religious person. So, but whatever the subject matter of these songs, the music is what drives them, and the music on this song is fantastic. It's just really good. So, really enjoyed it. Um, they could be singing about ladybugs for all I care because the song itself is so good. Shout out to Ladybugs. Uh, the the music is so good, and just the the guy's voice is really good. So just honestly, a really fun song. Let us be one, the seventh song in the album. So eighth song, by the way, there's eleven songs, so we're closing in on the finish here. So eighth song is called All Good Things. Um, again, back to the Judas Priest kind of sound. So I, again, just it's so crazy how I'm referencing so many you know, classic rock bands here. So this one, to me, All Good Things did not seem like a religious song. One of the few that did not have religious lyrics to it. So, but more Life on the Road um, kind of song uh, about slowing down to go home sometimes and enjoy your life. Um, so kind of philosophical, but not necessarily a religious aspect to it. So great percussion on this. Um, little known fact, I'm a huge fan of symbols in symbols with a C. Uh, in my rock songs, in my drummers, I'm a huge fan of symbols. So there's a lot of good symbols here. Uh, not symbolism, but that's a lot of the other songs have a lot of symbolism. But I guess if if a percussionist plays symbols really well, he is a practitioner of symbolism, but with a C. Uh, anyway, dad joke. Uh, just a fun song. All good things. Just a fun song. Uh, really good music. Uh, fits in on the album, but doesn't stand out. Um, if that makes sense, not a dog by any means, but not necessarily one of the highlights. Just it fits in with the album and just a good song that just fits right in, although not religious. Uh, all right. Ninth song is called Rose of Jericho. Um, so at first I thought, OK, Jericho sounds like it's a Bible term. They're not talking about Chris Jericho here. Uh, so I looked that up at first. I looked it up and it turns out Jericho is a city that's referenced in the Bible. But then I went back and looked up Rose of Jericho and we'll get to that. So um, there's Elvis references here. He mentions the king from Tupelo. So obviously that's very obviously an Elvis reference. Uh, he sings about two women by the name of Delilah and Blackie, uh, who are two female rock lovers that I'm trying to figure out, did they know these women or were these women musicians that they worked with or singers that they worked with? Um, could be fictional, I suppose, but I don't know. These guys don't seem like they would be the type of writers that would just make up characters. I feel like these guys played, you know, clubs all through the South and in Memphis, and they talked about the King from Tupelo and that, uh, the Delilah idolized the King from Tupelo. So I'm thinking these are real people that they knew, um, kind of mysterious you know it just makes me want to research it further who were these people who were these women that they talked about in this song so like i said could be fictional could be made up but i doubt it i just get the vibe from these guys that these were this was more biographical autobiographical so uh the rose of jericho by the way was a plant that is used and can not necessarily does but can treat diabetes arthritis and cramps so that was my research. Uh, so the Rose of Jericho, although Jericho is a city in the Bible, the Rose of Jericho is the name of the song. And so it's referencing apparently that plan. So I don't know. Anyway, 10th song is called Vertigo. Uh, it's instrumental. There were no lyrics. So it is just an instrumental song. It is not the U2 song Vertigo. It's not a cover of U2. It's just kind of there. Um, kind of like, I don't, it just doesn't necessarily sound like Rush, but it just, 
it gave me the mindset of Rush in the sense that like Rush would do, you know, all the fantastic songs. And I'm a huge Getty Lee fan. And I know that's very polarizing when I say this, but Getty Lee is on my, my singer's Mount Rushmore. I love Getty Lee and I love Rush. Um, but where I'm thinking about Rush on this song Vertigo is the sense that on many Rush albums, especially the, the, like the second through fifth or sixth Rush album, they would just do a song where it'd just be like 10 minutes of just straight instrumental. You know, there'd be the great Getty Lee song and singing and everything. And then it would just lapse into like a long extended stretch of instrumental stuff. And that's kind of the vibe I got from Vertigo amidst all these other songs, regular songs with singing and vocals and stuff. There's Vertigo, a full complete song of just instrumental. And so it felt like they were trying to be rushed here in the sense that just throwing an instrumental in there just out of left field for no apparent reason. So good song. Um, no song, no lyrics to it. So I'm not going to say it's religious, although it probably is religious and I'm just not picking up on it because it's not. It has no lyrics for me to kind of pick up on. So anyway, Vertigo is 10th. So 11th song, the final song on the album is the title track. It's Bastards of Veal. So kind of interesting that they decided to close the album with that. Uh with that name, it's got to be autobiographical, right? It, it's got to be. It can't be religious. So Bastards of Beale has to be autobiographical because these guys came from Memphis and obviously all the rock and roll clubs and the the blues inspirations of Memphis on rock and roll and so on. So a solid base open on this. Um, and yes, they're talking about the rocking lifestyle at the clubs in Memphis on Beale Street. That's pretty much what the song is about. Um there are mentions of Jagger and Richards. There are mentions of Plant and Page, which I took that very, I was very happy to see that, that there was plants, Plant and Page references here. So I felt like I was justified and I was right on and accurate on my influences. Um, I did not say a Stones. I didn't feel a Stones vibe from these guys. So they mentioned Jagger and Richards as obviously influences of theirs, but they mentioned Plant and Page, which I picked up on that a couple times throughout this album. So um, these guys definitely fit into that classic rock genre. Tora Tora fits in with the classic rock genre. And I thought in listening to this song specifically, I could easily hear this song, Bastards of Beale, playing on like a classic rock station in between a foreigner and a bad company song. You know, I mean, that was and I'm not referencing them in terms of, you know, the sound here or anything, but just the fact that, you know, classic rock, when you think of classic rock, those are some of the bands that you go to Cla uh, foreigner and bad company were just two that came to mind. Um, and I can hear Tora Tora like being sandwiched in. There's a couple, there's still a couple classic rock stations in Chicago as far as actual terrestrial radio. So, um, but yeah, bastards of Beale, just a classic sounding classic rock genre song so really enjoyed it really good close to the album and honestly just a really good album so i gotta say thanks to brian for sending this one because i really enjoyed it um fun album great pick uh i would definitely go back and get some of their earlier stuff i would find those earlier couple cds if that third cd somehow did get released and even the compilations if i can find some rarities some some rare record store that used record store that has some of this stuff. I'd love to find these things from these guys uh, and do some more research. I want to find out more about them. So uh, I would see them if they toured. I would definitely see them if they're still together. I'm not sure what that FedEx reference by the one guy in the thank yous. I'm not sure. Maybe he got promoted and he's a, a, a CEO or something at FedEx by now. So I would definitely see them if they toured. I would definitely see them if they came to Chicago they seem like the kind of band that would play a Martyrs or a, you know, just a small club where a Metro, a small club that would be intimate to be able to see these guys. So I would definitely go see them. I think Tora Tora would be a lot of fun in concert. 
Um, it just goes to show that even with so many religious songs, practically every song on this album had religious connotations, which not my thing. I'm going to say on the surface, not my thing. The music itself was so good and the guy's voice was so good. Just an identifiable sound to these guys. And it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're singing about, you know, so it, they could get ultra political, ultra religious, and it wouldn't matter because I think what these guys are, what these guys represent in terms of their sound was really positive. Um, and I didn't think that the religious aspect of it was heavy handed. I didn't think it was hitting you over the head with it uh, and just offensive, like Ugh, another religious, another song about G, you know, no, it wasn't like that. It just it was good rock and roll. And regardless of what the subject matter was. So I got to say, big fan of Tora Tora. Highly recommend Bastards of Beal um, as an album. Pick it up. You can probably, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon because it got shipped to me brand new. So I'm sure it's out there. Um, so I would say check it out. I definitely, definitely am a fan. And I am going to go back and find some more of their stuff. So, and hopefully there's been stuff since then that I just haven't found yet. So I will check them out. So that is it. Record Store Nation. That is it for our episode from All Episodes Memphis in May. Making sure I do that right. I don't want to get sued again. Jesus. Um, any, oh, I can't. I shouldn't say Jesus because in the context of this uh, this review. So anyway, thanks to Brian for for everything, producing the episode and for sending me this um, CD because I was a really big fan. Obviously, thank you, Record Store Nation. We will see you next month. I'll be back in June. Uh, with a regular episode, we won't be doing Jive in June or anything like that. Uh, it will be back to a regular episode where I drag an album off the wall and listen to it and do some uh, fresh research on it and fresh notes on the songs. Uh, so it'll be a regular episode in June, and we will be back then. We will see you then. i got a couple concerts coming up. I've got Three Doors Down and Candlebox together coming up real soon. Uh, Stevie Nicks is coming up real soon as well. So we'll be talking about that after those shows happen. And don't forget, just like I referenced just now, I have fun everywhere I go. We will see you next month, Record Store Nation. Have a great day. Remember, all episodes, Memphis in May. Go to stspod.club. Thank you, Record Store Nation, for joining us for another fun-filled episode of The Record Store. You can support us if you so desire. Please support us. I have this terrible 7-Eleven hot dog habit that I have to support. Cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Or you can support us on Patreon. It's $3 a month. Uh, www.patreon.com slash shootin' the shiznit. And remember, there's no G in shootin'. It's just shooting the shiznit. Uh, you can support us there. It's three bucks a month. You get uncut episodes. You get early episodes. You get uh, you find out what my favorite song of the album is on each episode of the record store. What if I grab an album that I end up from my own collection? What if I grab an album that I end up hating this year and I can't find a song that I love? So there's got to be one, right? So you'll find out that. You get that when you're a Patreon. You find you get the song uncut after the episode. Uh, all kinds of contests that we do and prizes that we can give away. And like I said, the early releases of the albums and so on. You can find me on Twitter. It's at ChocolatierLL. Yes, it's a parody because I used to work for the 
Godiva, and they called us Chocolatiers, so that's the explanation there. C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-I-E-R-L-L. That is me on Twitter for all kinds of sundry, bizarre stuff. Uh, you can find my book on Amazon. It's called All the Right Notes. It's my odyssey throughout rock and roll throughout my entire life. Uh, look up All the Right Notes on Amazon by Lance Levine. You can also find it in the Chicago market at Rolling Stone Records. You can find me on Facebook, Lance Levine, L-E, capital V-I-N-E, because you know I'm classy like that. Got to have a capital V in there. Uh, you can go to stspod.club for the archives if you want to find our episodes about hearts or Cheap Trick or Tom Petty or Lindsey Buckingham or Stevie Nicks or any of the other artists that we've done throughout 2021. It's been a great year uh, with much more to come. So if you want to check out some other podcasts that I'm a fan of, uh, if you want to stick with music, I'm a big fan of Playlist Wars. Uh, my guys, Brian and Gomez, doing Playlist Wars, where they have they debate better playlists from each guy, each other. Uh, Nixology from the Mysterious Steven. Haven't had an episode in a while, but hopefully they're coming back soon, uh, documenting the career of Stevie Nicks. So, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And if you want junk food-related stuff, it is my guys, Jay and Rick, at the I'm Fat Podcast. Okay? Always a good time listening to those guys talk about junk food and restaurants and so on. So thank you again, Record Store Nation. Stick with us. We're going to have tons of stuff coming out. And remember, nights are forever without you.